Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this lunchtime chat on Wild Ginger Running. Today, back by popular demand, we have incredible podiatrist Nick Knight from NK Active, who today is going to tell us all about how to prevent um, or cure the dreaded plantar fasciitis, and he's going to dispel a few myths for us too. But first of all, um, I just need to let everybody know that this broadcast is sponsored by Currens, which is the 100% natural blackcurrant supplement for ultra runners and trail runners, any runners actually. It won Best Recovery Product Award in 2020 and 2021, and it's been called the Nike Vaporfly of running supplements. Um, if you don't feel the recovery benefits after um, taking it, you get your money back. Um, I've been taking that personally to help with DOMS which is delayed muscle um, delayed onset muscle soreness and they definitely seem to help after my Rutland Water half marathon last year and my next race is the Manx Mountain Marathon 50k um, which I did 10 years ago and I had the most incredible DOMS afterwards so I'm gonna see um, how my legs are after this year's race um, so thank you for sitting through that Nick very patiently <laughs> I, know you've, I know you've used currents in the past as well I have um, yes. Yeah, so it is an authentic product. Um, but today we're going to be talking about plantar fasciitis. So first of all, Nick, what is plantar fasciitis? And why on earth is it spelt with two I's in a row? Like, that doesn't happen in English a lot, does it? No, um, the, the second one to answer is really quickly. I've got no idea. No <laughs> pun intended. In oh, no. Um, I don't know why yet is it spelt with... Uh, two eyes, but you're asking a, a severely dyslexic person on spelling, so maybe I'm not the best person to ask on on grammar and spelling. Well, if anybody um, knows, please type uh, in the YouTube comments below if you know that. It might be some kind of Latin thing, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Um, so what is it? Essentially, in the simplest terms, it's thickening of the plantar fascia. And the plantar fascia is this structure that basically sits underneath your heel and then goes to the ball of the foot. Um, and it's essentially a thickening of that structure. The reason why it's most commonly the pain is at the heel is because that's where the plantar fascia naturally is its thinnest. Um, so that's why you tend to get the majority of symptoms there. It is most probably one of the most common causes of foot pain out there. If you mention the word plantar fasciitis, policeman's heel, plantar fasciopathy, to someone on the street, I can guarantee they will know someone who has had it. And if you speak to anyone in the running community, it's like it's like oh my god, the dreaded plantar fasciitis or the dreaded, yeah, or, or was it I've got I've got the planter. It's also mm -hmm. some people then refer to it <laughs> yeah. to like, like a plague type thing. Um, and but it's also important to remember that not all pain in the heel is plantar fasciitis. And if we to try and sort of extract that a little bit more, is that actually well. If you think of those, could be possibly three stages to your plantar fasciitis. You get a thickening of the plantar fascia, and then underneath your plantar fascia, you've got some fatty padding, which is there for you a bit of a cushioning. You can irritate the fatty padding, and then underneath that, you've got your heel bone, and you can irritate that as well. You can get what we call bony bruising. Mm. Um, 
so and the thing is you can have one of those things two of those things or you can have all three of those things oh my goodness <laughs> and this is most probably why people's experience of plantar fasciitis is so varied is because the more things you have the longer it may take to settle down uh, or people's treatments are are different because the management of those three different elements are slightly different so um, is it really important to not just ask dr google or um everybody mm-hmm. on facebook but to go yeah. to someone and get it checked out yeah it is really important to find out with any injury is what is the diagnosis get the diagnosis right first then you can then build your appropriate treatment plan because if the diagnosis if you haven't got the right diagnosis and you're getting the wrong treatment then you're not actually helping yourself get back to whatever you want to do so you don't, you're not going to get back on the trails and get back out running the good news is with plantar fasciitis is a larger them is it's, it can be what we call a self-limiting problem, which means that for a large percentage of people, it will tend to go away on its own. Mm-hmm. But in general, if it's been hanging around for six months plus, the chances of it going away on its own is much, much slimmer. Yeah. So how do you get it in the first place? And like, why does it happen? This is where dr google can be a bit of a, a nuisance shall we say and i'm interested to see the likes of what the likes of chat um, gpt do with stuff like this is because there are so many myths out there about what causes it but if you go back to real simplistic terms it essentially is you've overloaded the plantar fascia and the muscles around it and it can't cope with the activity you've asked it to do mm-hmm. in the simplest term that's what causes it as it were there are things that may aggravate it so that may be body weight it may be your strength it may be what your foot does on running it may be shoes but it's really hard to say one thing in isolation that is going to cause it because it's normally you need the perfect storm effect you need a mixture of all everything Mm -hmm. to then create that crescendo as it were and then that's when the symptoms start yeah but the most common reason i will see in clinic is a sudden change in activity levels so someone's decided, right, I've... And we saw a lot when lockdown ended of, uh-huh. I haven't done much, and now lockdown's ended, I can now go back to doing mm-hmm. all my activities, and they go from doing very little to doing too much. Um, and that's mostly the most common reason we see in clinic as to why. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think there's this horrible word called overpronation, and we did an episode a while ago about why I don't yes. like that word. I'll link to that in the show notes and I'll, yeah. I'll pop it up as an iCard here as well about the myths of overpronation. Um, a lot of people say it's because of that, but when you actually look at the literature and the evidence out there, yeah, very, very, it's very limited as a cause of plantar fasciitis actually your foot function. But if you've already got it, there are certain things your feet may do that may aggravate it, but it's not going to cause it. Yeah, so it's not overpronation. Um, yeah, I tend to mine tends to flare up when I wear zero drop shoes. Um, yep. can that be um, a culprit? And there's a reason for that. Yeah. So in a nutshell, the lower the drop on the shoe, the more load you're going to put through the foot and ankle. The higher the drop on the shoe, the less load you're going to put through your foot and ankle. But this magical load doesn't disappear; it goes elsewhere. So in very simplistic terms. A lower drop shoe will put more load on the ankle and take the load off the knee. A higher drop shoe will take the load off the foot and ankle but put it on the knee. This is where rocker sole shoes, the likes of your Hoka's, your Ciccone Endorphin ranges, they've all the brands have got a rocker sole shoe now, is actually that type of shoe we know can take the load off the Achilles and the plantar fascia region quite considerably but it then doesn't seem to increase the loading through the knee too much either. It seems to dissipate the loading better. And especially when we look at people running and we got the facilities in our clinic to stick 38 markers from hip down to ankle and build a lower limb skeleton of someone running. So you can see how the knee, foot and ankle and the pelvis all interact as one unit. When we look at the majority of people running in a rocker style shoe in general, it tends to make people more efficient in in their running because so it helped propel them forwards got bit. it in one got it in one yeah that's the exact reason i think that's why people with your plantar fasciitis will tend to say do you know what in the morning i like putting on fit flops because they're soft it's not the softness it's the fact that fit flops have a slight rock of soul to them um 
and then they've also got another brand of shoes the recovery sandals and the name escapes me what the brand is it's on the tip of my tongue but i can't remember to it um and they have a rocker sole as well and that the sole of them is not rocker but the way the sole is cut up it functions like a rocker yeah a rocker and i think that's why people like them people have this perception that with plantar fasciitis you need cushioning it's not cushioning that you you actually need people like the perception of cushioning but i say it's sort of luring you into a false sense of security longer term yeah well because it will then put everything through the knees rather than let your foot yeah quite possibly and it's and we know it's if you irritate the plantar fascia it doesn't need cushioning it needs a bit of support and a bit of strengthening and cushioning is not going to help with the overall end goal if however you've irritated the fat pad the best way to treat that is just cushion as much as you can ah okay so it's hard to know isn't it and this is why getting a diagnosis is important so if you've had plantar fasciitis in inverted commas and it got better just by sticking a wad of cushioning underneath your foot the chances are that may have been a fat pad irritation and not plantar fasciitis but you type it into dr google and everything will come back as plantar fasciitis yes it doesn't discriminate does it between those two three things um so how do we sort of tell if we might have it then how do we think oh i might have to go and see nick because i have plantar fasciitis your your typical symptoms are um, pain first thing in the morning or after a period of rest so you get out of bed or you've finished a race you've got a two-hour drive home or something and you get out of the car and you start hobbling around and it's it's quite intensely painful and then you walk around for five minutes. Well, actually, this feels quite, quite nice. It feels better. Now, that's just your barn door ter- stereotypical symptoms of it. And also, you'll tend to find there is pain on the bottom of the heel, not round the back. Mm-hmm. And how you then start differentiating between a fat pad problem and a plantar fascia problem is think about the pain during walking. A, pl- a purely plantar fascia issue will hurt more as you go to propulse and push off through your toes. A fat pad problem will hurt more when your heel strikes the ground. Mm-hmm. If you got both, that, that could be an indication you've got a fat pad irritation and plantar fasciitis at the same time. Yeah. If you've got any bony bruising, that will tend to say you'll sit down and your feet, your heel will just feel like it's throbbing and aching at night time because mm-hmm. that's how bony pain presents so there are certain very specific questions we ask people in clinic and get them to do to help me differentiate are we dealing with a a fat pad issue a fascia issue or a bone stress Mm -hmm. yeah that sounds um yeah that sounds doable to think along those lines and so if we're trying not to get these things in the first place um are there some things that we can be doing to avoid getting plantar fasciitis in the first place Yes. Um, well, it's, be, me being picky on the wording is, can we 100% avoid it? We don't actually know. However, we can do things to help reduce our risk of getting it in the first place. And a lot of what I'm about to say isn't just specific for plantar fasciitis, it's injuries in general. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that is actually most probably really easy in your control is making sure you're getting a good regular sleep pattern. Um, involved then going more specific to the plantar fascia is well actually not specific to the plantar fascia it's still injuries in general is making sure you're planning your training and your ra- and your your races out to make sure there are no sudden spikes in your training volume and then the last thing is then really then making sure you are working on your strengthening exercises and you're you're fitting a good number of strength sessions in a week and since we last spoke, the World Health Organization have actually updated their recommend guided for exercise. They used to talk about just sort of 30 minutes a day of cardio-based exercises. They've now turned around and said everyone should be doing three strength sessions a week. That's how important doing strength work is. And if we want to speak about specifically your plantar fasciitis, is please, please don't neglect the calf muscles. Really work on building that calf strength up there's a big correlation between a reduction in calf strength and people who have plantar fasciitis i see it all the time in clinic where people who come with the plantar fasciitis we test the strength through the calf 
and there's a significant difference between the side that has plantar fasciitis and the side that the side that doesn't. Ah, so that will be doing things like calf raises calf with raises. a straight leg and a bent leg. Yeah, got it in one. Um, and it is just trying to do those on a on a regular basis. And the key thing with those is just consistency. It's trying yeah. to find a way that you can do it regularly and repeatedly on a, on a, on a basis that means that it doesn't really matter if you're busy with work or the kids are playing up. You still find a way that you can get the exercises done. Yeah. Because being brutally honest, the body doesn't care about what's going on in your external life. It really <laughs> doesn't. It only cares about its own self. It's quite selfish. In that it just needs you to be able to do these do these things. <clears throat> and you may pick up the one thing I haven't really mentioned to help reduce the risk is footwear. It's because actually there isn't much evidence by saying wearing a certain type of shoe is going to change your risk of getting plantar fasciitis. Now, if you've got it, sorry, excuse me, <coughs> there's me coughing now. Um, <laughs> I've been holding one in, yeah. just in case people's ears hurt. We can't have that. And if we talk about footwear, is footwear massively going to change your chance of getting plantar fasciitis? Not really. Now, footwear often get blamed, but it's quite often people have made a sudden change in footwear, i.e. they've gone from a normal type shoe to a zero drop shoe straight away of no sort of graded process, or they've gone from a zero drop to a normal shoe. That's not the footwear's fault. It means you just haven't followed the right pathway of gradually changing, allowing your body time to adjust the scenario. However, and we see it all the time of, of runners in particular, like, right, I've got plantar fasciitis. The first thing I need to do is change my shoes. Mm -hmm. You may need to change your shoes, but when you come see someone like myself, it's normally quite far down the list of things we need to do. It, it, we still have this perception that changing shoes is going to be this magic bullet, this quick fix. And yeah, it's, it's unfortunately it doesn't quite work like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I had a patient come in, their running shoes were 10 years old. And I'm like, you know, I, I think you deserve a new pet now. I think um, <laughs> that's I, I very eco-friendly. Yeah, I think they definitely um, need to get a, a new pet because they had worn out. Mm. But the majority of people, we don't need to rush into changing shoes straight away. Yeah, so it's more about getting good sleep, doing your strength work. I'm thinking like you could do calf raises whilst you're brushing your teeth every night, like Got everybody it, brushes their teeth. And in the morning as well, you could do some then. I, I really need to do that. Um, and then uh, oh, the other the other one was um, the potentially look at the footwear. Um, uh, look at your training volume. So, and so training sit volume. There. Yeah, there is something, um, we can post a link after, something called the acute chronic workload ratio. People often work on this, don't change what you do by 10% rule, mm. um, which is okay. Um, but I tend to use the acute chronic workload ratio, which basically works out your training volume over a month period, mm -hmm. and it gives you a figure. If that figure is greater than 1.2, there's an increased risk of an injury. Greater than 1.5, there's a significant increase of getting oh, okay. an injury. I've not heard of that one before. So is that something that um, you've got on your website, or is it just yeah, a, like a generic thing? It's a generic thing, um, okay. but, I've, but I've basically put a calculator on my website where you just type the numbers and it tells oh. you for you. You haven't got to do the math yourself. Oh, great. That sounds basically. great. So Thank I'll you. pop the link on there and you can... Now, don't get me wrong. It has um, on there... It's not It's not 100% exact. I, yeah. There are some pitfalls you keep going to the ratio, but actually it's a very, very useful tool to give yourself a rough guide and reduce the risk of overtraining. Mm -hmm. yeah because yeah. you can't always tell can you I mean right. like you sometimes you need to do a long run and maybe you go a bit far <laughs> maybe you end up being out for four hours when you plan three um like should you just maybe just walk all the way home if you think you're going to be overtraining or yeah yeah it's just yeah. difficult to know because if you talk about the training aspect when we look at things like plantar fasciitis you'll tend to find that actually while someone's going for a treatment plan the aim is to try and keep someone running I'm not a fan of stopping a runner, stopping them from running. A, because you just decondition too quickly, and B, without sounding too rude, you just become a nightmare to deal with because <laughs> you're not doing the thing you want to do. And I'm exactly the same. If someone told me I had to stop running or stop playing hockey, 
I'd be like, right, I'm off to go see someone else. I want to yeah. go see something. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but it is one of those things that we just, yeah, need to basically keep people active, keep people going, and there are ways to do that. So when we look at running and the plantar fascia, it in general will tolerate a long, slower run much better than a short, fast run. Mm -hmm. So if you've got it and you still want to do some running, then maybe reduce your pace by 30, 40% yeah. and see can you then tolerate the run. Maybe ditch your speed sessions while you've got it. And a nice little tool I say is a generic thing to work on is if the pain is four out of 10 or below on a zero to 10 scale, where zero is no pain, 10 is worse in the world, anything below four out of 10 or below during or up to 40 hours after the run, I'm happy for you to do what you want. So it's trying to remove this barrier that all pain is bad. If you get a little discomfort, a small amount of pain, that is absolutely fine. You're not making it worse. Just keep on doing. And you'll tend to find the more active you can keep whilst you've got plantar fasciitis, the quicker you'll tend to recover from it. Hmm. Oh, that's good to know well. that we don't have to just stop running altogether. Um, no. I was going to ask you how we cure, how do we cure it then, as well as doing like yeah. easier runs? Is there a, a, a few steps to a treatment plan? Yeah, there certainly is. And so, obviously, if it hasn't settled on its own and you need to go see someone, there are things that you can do. And if we look at the evidence out there, one of the, the best things for it is what we call shockwave therapy. Mm -hmm. um, which is basically um, the best way to describe it in a very crude way is you have a compressor of a small wall bearing at the end of it and it's basically just and what that does the aim of, of that is to stimulate the healing process again so if we think of plantar fasciitis is a healing process that hasn't happened so the aim of the shockwave is to basically cause a small amount of trauma to the area so the body can then say, oh, something's happened. I need to send all the gubbins to mm. the foot to allow that healing process to start. Um, and that's, that's, the evidence shows that's very helpful. The other thing that we do a lot of is physical specific exercises around trying to target the plantar fascia, trying to build the strength up. And we do that in combination of the shockwave therapy. We have found in clinic for us that if you're combining some strengthening exercises and shockwave together, you get a better result than just shockwave on its own. So we won't just do shockwave in isolation, we always combine it with a rehabilitation program. Other things you can look at is going to a higher drop shoe or a rocker sole shoe, um, it can be helpful. Um, you can also look at taping, and there's, again I'll post the link, Is um, I'd done a video over lockdown of me taping my own foot for plantar fasciitis and that can be a really really good I call it get out of jail free card um, it's not using the flexible K tape it's using rigid zinc oxide tape as the key part in my opinion okay because you want to offer support and the tape is also a good test as to whether you may benefit from an insole or not all right so if I tape someone and they immediately turn around and they put their foot on the floor and say, oh my God, that feels so much better, then that is a good indication that you will then benefit from an insole. Okay. Because insoles can be very, very, very helpful for the treatment of plantar fasciitis. Ah. But, but, there's a big but, it's the right person at the right time. <laughs> Too many people are just given insoles or buying insoles for the sake of buying an insole when actually that's not the right treatment modality for that individual. Mm -hmm. And insoles can often get a bad name. I don't think it's the insoles that have the bad name, it's the person maybe giving the insoles or not having an understanding of why they're giving the insole, what do you want to try and achieve from that. So actually using the tape is a, a nice little way of testing, okay, am I likely to benefit from an insoles or not? Yes. Then treatments after that, if that doesn't work, you then start to get a little more aggressive. So that's where you like to your steroid injections come involved. Uh-huh. Before shockwave therapy was around, um, you used to find steroid injections. They are very helpful, but they have risks associated with it. Mm -hmm. We tend to find shockwave therapy and steroid injections yield the same results. Mm -hmm. But shockwave therapy has a lot less side effects. 
and risk associated with it. So a steroid injection, um, the risks are that you could get an infection because someone shoved a needle into your foot. Um, and there's a risk that the plantar fascia may rupture okay. um, completely. Um, if it does rupture, it gets rid of your plantar fasciitis pain straight away because you haven't got a plantar fascia there anymore. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> And why would it not... rupture it? What, like, why would it rupture? Just too much so, fluid going in there? No, it's because you think steroid is sort of a sort of a toxic chemical, as it were, and it causes weakness in anything it's injected to. Mm. So it's a, it's a big anti-inflammatory, a steroid. Okay. And you inject it into a muscle or a tendon, and it basically reduces the strength within that muscle and the tendon. So then if you then go and overdo it, it just fails and ruptures. So why do bodybuilders use steroids then if it's making muscles weaker? Um, they use an anabolic steroids. It's a different type of steroid. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they, w w whereas Wilbur is like hydrocortisone. So same, it's a, it's a really, really potent anti-inflammatory. So um, it, yeah, it's used a lot in respiratory illnesses or people who have inflammatory arthritis. Um, whereas steroids, I mean, anabolic steroids are completely different. Okay. Kettle of fish. Yeah. And then finally is surgery. You can have a fasciotomy where they cut the fascia or they can do a release of the calf muscle. I can tell you over my last 10 years of practicing, the number of people we sent for surgery is zero. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. It sounds a bit drastic, doesn't it? It is a little drastic. People still have it, but I tend to find if you get the right management program earlier on, you don't end up needing to go for surgery. The biggest thing we have found is when people have gone through a treatment program and gone through doing exercises, effectively people aren't loaded enough. People aren't pushed hard enough during the exercise program. Mm -hmm. So you need to get to a point where you are, the exercises are suitably difficult and you get to the point where you're adding weights into doing everything. If you're sat there just using a band and that's the, as most as you ever do, you're never gonna build up enough strength to get you to achieve what you want to. Yeah, to do. you need a high level of resistance once you've kind of nailed the actual action itself. Yeah. So for us, if we were to map that out in a complete plan, we would sort of, okay, have a chat around footwear. Can we make any adjustments there? We would then start a rehabilitation program and some taping and shockwave therapy. And then if need be later on down the line, we'd add an insole into the mix. And for us, that regime as whole would then basically help us manage all of our cases of plantar fasciitis we haven't had to send off for any steroid injections or surgery since we sort of put that structure plan um in place yeah well that's fantastic it's good news that you don't have to be so extreme um but there's all sorts of things you can buy online as well yep. to help cure plantar fasciitis so i just want to run a couple past you yep. see what you think about them um i've seen a plantar sock which has it's a a sock which makes your foot you wear it at night and it's got um an attachment at the end that yep. attaches to the top of it and it sort of bends your foot up at night yep. Yeah. Um, how effective is that and what's it so trying to do? It is very effective if it is used. So it is stretching the plantar fascia and mm. the plantar fascia actually enjoys being stretched and that okay. works. However, it's something, it's called what you call a Strasbourg sock is the t proper name um, for it. I, I call it the passion killer. It's just, <laughs> it, it's just it, it works if you wear it religiously at night time. However, I've never recommended one because when I speak to people who've tried it, they just like we just don't end up using it. It's too much of an inconvenience. It's too much of a faff. So if you're not going to religiously stick to it, it's not going to work. However, if you are, then it can be helpful. How long do you have to religiously stick to it for then? I normally say a good couple of months. Okay. Yeah. So and do you have to do not, it every day? Room. Every night. Yes. Every single night. Yeah. It sounds like quite an easy fix. In reality, it's an easy, possible fix, but in reality, in this sort of in real life, but it, it doesn't actually. People don't follow through with it. Oh, okay. It just becomes too much of a, a faff and inconvenience and and whatnot. Especially if you're someone who has to get up and go to the toilet in the middle of the night because walking on it's a nightmare. Oh, okay. So yeah, not for me then. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what about rolling with a ball? Like everyone always says, oh yeah, roll a, like a tennis ball under your foot or a, yeah. like one of those washing balls that have prongs coming out yeah. of it. 
that can be helpful because that just gives a soothing massage effect um does it help get rid of your plantar fasciitis no but can it make the pain reduce slightly yes um what i tend to say is kill two birds with one stone with that get a bottle of water freeze it so you ice and roll at the same time mm-hmm. so it's a bit of relief rather than actual treatment yeah and we've all got old bottles fill up the water freeze it that's much cheaper than buying a spiky ball yeah if you um you can buy those spiky balls um for um physio use and they're i don't know like 10 quid or something but if you actually go into asda or somewhere um they sell two for like four quid because you put them in the washing machine and they appear to be exactly the same thing yeah um or even better than that january february time middle isle of Adi, um, aldi and lidl yeah <laughs> always tends to have them so. yeah yeah just rolling about there or um, a golf ball <laughs> I don't know if someone plays golf in the family or yeah. or something like that but it's all does the same thing yeah any kind of ball i wonder if you can buy a ball bottle that you can freeze i suppose you could freeze your tennis ball couldn't you be, be a bit of relief it, it wouldn't work this freezing the bottle of water works the reason the bottle of water works is because it rolls nicely under the foot the issue mm. of using a small ball like a golf ball is sometimes it tends to escape and just shoot off across the room <laughs> whereas using like a like a, a 500 millimeter plastic bottle um works well and is there anything we definitely should not do if we suspect that we might have plantar fasciitis or any of those other three the fat pad issue and the the bony um so if bony you're getting upset. yeah <laughs> yeah bony edema bony's bruising bony bruising um, if you are finding your pain is sort of a seven eight out of ten don't ignore it don't keep on going that's your warning sign from the body that something's not quite not quite right that would be my biggest thing is that you should avoid it apart from that there's nothing else i'd actually turn around and say avoid because the way i explained sort of going through a treatment journey like this there's a lot of trial and error there's a lot of testing the boundaries where are you at because you've constantly got to move forward and push yourself forward and it's a learning process for the person with it as well because they need to learn what their body can cope with what it can't cope with because what my body cope with will be different to your body will cope with and what your body will cope with if you've got a cold or if you haven't got a cold is going to be different this is the beauty of working with human beings is that we are reliably unreliable <laughs> um so we, it, it is very much a learning and education journey but don't be scared of pushing the boundaries but then it's also listening the body and understanding how does that body react. Um, I, I think that's, in my opinion, if you get a, a very, very good club-level athlete and an elite-level athlete and they're training the same, I think the difference between the elites and the very, very good club level is the elites have a better understanding of how hard they can push themselves and can't push themselves, and mm. whereas the club levels maybe haven't quite learned that and they keep overdoing it and keep getting injured. Ah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. And um, if, you're, if you're operating the top level of your sport, if you get injured, there's always someone nipping at your heels to take your place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got to stay on the edge, haven't you? But just not yeah. fall off it. Um, exactly. And you've actually put together a plantar fasciitis course, haven't you, at NK Active? I Can have. Can you tell us I a bit more about what that is? Yeah, so I basically got fed up of seeing so much gobbledygook on the internet and, <laughs> and everything being, I thought, right, let's just put a a course together that goes through what is it how you can treat it some home remedies what to look out for and it's all delivered in sort of bite-sized information and it's a, you can do it in like five minute chunks three minute chunks 20 minute chunks it doesn't matter and you can track your progress along along the journey and it's all free of charge so you get you sign up you access it for six months you can go back look at different bits as much as you want on or you don't want to you can skip over bits and it'll give you a brief, a brief overview of the stages of the plantar fasciitis a brief, brief overview of why you may get it in the first place then it goes through different treatments and it goes through the roles of footwear insoles injections taping we show you how to tape your foot we show you different exercises that you can use with something like the plantar fasciitis fighter um, and then we then go about okay then what happens next and then we then talk about okay how can you reduce the risk of it coming back in the future so the idea is you've got this one-stop shop of information that's just sort of like a an overall hub slash guide 
um, for plant fasciitis. And I think we've had about 250, 300 people sign up so far. That sounds brilliant, and I can't believe it's uh, free. I think that's absolutely amazing. Oh, so um, we've had people from Italy, Australia, America, New Zealand all sign up to it. Yeah, global and free. It sounds yeah. incredible. Um, and you mentioned something in that that I just wanted to um, just uh, unpack. Is that what they call it? Yes. Um, what is the plantar fasciitis fighter exercise? So that would be, if I was super, super prepared, I would have one in front of me and show you, but I'm not a super, super prepared and I don't. Is it a um, thing then? Is it like so, a Strasbourg yeah, sock? <laughs> it is a bit of, so we know that one of the specific exercises is to basically, you need to do an exercise where your toes are bent up and you're doing a hill race. So it puts more of a load underneath the plantar fascia. You don't need a fasciitis fighter to do that you can just roll up a towel okay. and put your toes on the edge of a towel and yeah. do it. Um, we started using the fasciitis fighter in clinic. I think the only clinic that actually stocks them, we have to import them from Australia. Ah. Because we found the issue to using the towel is that after a few repetitions, the towel compressed. Okay, yeah. And it is a fact of people having just to keep rolling the towel up yeah and then people we then just sort of had them in clinic and then we then sold them on our shop and then people from all over the country just order one and they just find it's just much easier it's much more convenient because it's just there you don't need it you haven't got the fat of rolling a towel up the towel collapsing but do you need a fasciitis fighter no a towel can do the same job but you just have a little more patience with the towel ah i've just um, actually gone on your website and i've got a picture of this plantar fasciitis fighter and it, it just looks like a little bump in the road um yeah, so i'm just gonna like put, speed hump. yeah yeah it's like a little speed bump um but small obviously so i'm just gonna pop it up on the screen here um it's just blocking nick's face now <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'll link to it in the film description below as well because people always want to buy something don't they to help them over an injury like that and something like that could really help so it's um basically is it it's sort of a, a hard foam would you call it That's yeah it's, it's, it's a firm foam yeah a firm foam um a little speed bump with um two flat bits around it and you presumably put your toes on one bit um and then the rest of your foot goes on on the other bit um and then yep. you can do your heel raises from there um, so that looks really cool. I will link to that in the film description or the podcast show notes as well because um, that does look really, really useful. Yeah, and if anyone does purchase one, when they get it, they get a link of some exercises to do. Ah. But then they also then get an invite to, to join the plantar fasciitis course as well. Oh, cool. You've thought of everything. You're very organised. The idea is to try, how can I make it as friction-free as possible to help themselves? <coughs> yeah. Because in a in nutshell, is that, okay, yes, I run a private healthcare business, but I, don't, I want people to come see me, but I actually want people to actually need to come and see me. A lot of people may be able to self-manage and don't actually need us. Yeah. So give, and I know if people have gone and done all the self-management stuff before they come see me, I can then cut to the chase quite quicker and just make it more, the process more efficient for yeah. everyone involved. And then what we then just then added was, we, I think we called it a plant of fasciitis bundle on the website as well, which includes a fasciitis fighter, a couple of rolls of tape, and some exercise bands with some exercises mm -hmm. that people can then start trying to do um, do um, everything on on their own I'll basically self-manage it I'll just have a look at that and see if I can put that up oh yes plantar fasciitis bundle here we go and let's just pop mm. a picture of that up as well because that looks really handy so that is the zinc tape is it there the zinc it's oxide the tape because I, I always get people saying what tape do I buy where do I get it from and I just yeah. thought you know it's easier if I just buy the tape and sell it because yeah. there are no people to get in the right thing yeah so getting the right just... thing and I've got those loops as well the uh, resistance band loops and um, what would you do with the resistance band loops for fa plantar fasciitis can you just remind um, me of that so there are some toe strengthening exercises so strengthening ah. the muscles in the toe and then also strengthening muscles around the ankle as well oh okay so like putting it around both feet and sort of doing that yep, sort of thing doing like that and then yeah. also say if my thumb was my big toe doing exercise up and down and then oh, okay. up and down with the little toes as well oh okay and because so those muscles will run under over the top of the plantar fascia mm. itself as well um so it's all of when you're making doing a a sort of a plantar fascia rehab program as it, as, as it were you're not just 
purely focusing on the plant of fashion, you're focusing on the structures around it. Yes, yes, well. strengthening everything up around it. Um, and um, so when you buy the plantar fasciitis bundle, do you also get the links to those exercises as well? Yes. So joined yeah. up. The thinking is just so joined up. And I've got the complete set of tone loops, which is five different colours of yeah. resistance bands that you also sell on your shop. You very kindly sent them over to me. Um, and they're really, really useful. Um, yeah. I did have some just resistance band from it was on a roller that someone gave to me and it snapped after a while um so these ones have been really really good the way i think of it is what everything we do sell like the products on the website is when the tone is okay there are you can buy theraband and theraband is cheaper but the tone yeah, loops are preformed it it's the pre the tone loops are preformed they last longer the resistance is high and they're just much more convenient it's all about when you're getting asking people to do especially runners if you're asking runners to do exercise that is not running <laughs> there's always a barrier yeah so actually what can i do to remove those barriers what can i do to show you ways that you can incorporate the exercises whilst waiting for the kettle to boil whilst you're brushing your teeth because the body doesn't care if you do them while you're brushing your teeth or the kettle's boil all it cares about can you do them and be consistent with with doing it so if you can build in three four exercises into your day and it take no time up you've got nothing to lose you've only got everything to gain the issue comes is once you start doing it and you're consistent and then you see improvements you mm. then kind of become addicted to doing the exercises which is a good thing <laughs> because it's only going to help your running and when we've had patients in clinic with plantar fasciitis quite often they'll leave the clinic actually just finish an injury but then be setting pbs because over the process, they just become a stronger runner. Mm, yeah, and it's helped everything. It's helped everything. And then they then see the value of doing all those exercises. And the aim, our, my aim is to basically teach someone how can they manage this themselves Yeah. going forward. My issue usually is uh, if I've got a problem, I'll do the exercises. And then the problem starts to go away. And then and you, you go, oh, I don't need to do the exercises anymore. So then I stop doing the exercises and then it eventually comes back. <laughs> and this is what I say to all our patients is that the easy part is getting your pain to settle. The hard part is trying to get that emotional buy-in from them why you then need to do things once the pain has settled. Yeah. Um, so the way I phrase it is doing the exercises is facilitating you to do all the running you want. If you want to continue running and reduce your risk of injuries, then you need to do X, Y, Z. Yes. Um, and you also mentioned that there was a lot of gobbledygook on the internet about plantar fasciitis. Um, is there anything that springs to mind as the biggest load of gobbledygook that you've read about it? Oh, it's, it's when people sort of say, like, go on, stand on these like vibration plates or put these things that vibrate underneath your foot. I'm like, it's just not going to do... It just The evidence just isn't there to um, support doing any of that as well. And the biggest one is actually people say just rest completely, don't do anything. Mm. Uh, in my eyes, doing nothing is just as bad as doing far too much. And the issue if you tell someone to do nothing, you start installing fear into people or nervousness. I'm nervous to run, I'm nervous to do that. And we've had patients where actually they've been told that for a year and actually it's not the plant of fascia that's the problem. It's their own fear and anxiety around doing something and their nerves of it coming back. And actually managing that is so much more difficult than managing the plantar fasciitis. And it's all stemmed from someone saying, you can't do this, you're going to get broken, you're going yeah. to break yourself. And I, I, I don't like words like that because it installs people to stop doing activity. Yeah. And that's most probably the bit where, if I see that on the internet, I um, I get a little hot-headed maybe at times. <laughs> I'm like, you're just not, just not helping. We're not, yeah. we're not made of glass. The human body is really, really strong. Yeah. In every step you take, you'll put three times body weight through your foot. It, it takes a lot. I can't remember the stat, but I think the average 70 kilo person during a marathon will put a, a so many um, hundreds of tons worth of hundreds of thousands worth of tons of force. Or is it 1.53 million? I think maybe. Wow. worse of tons of force through it's their Achilles tendon so doing a few exercises <laughs> isn't scraping the surface yeah yeah we're designed to move aren't we exactly that um so that's the one where I get annoyed where 
people start trying to spout stuff and saying you must rest not do this take all this medication and it's just a load of baloney <laughs> yeah yeah well thankfully we have your course to <clears throat> cut through all the baloney um it sounds absolutely brilliant um do you think we've covered everything about plantar fasciitis in your view um or is there anything else that we should know before you go um about this dreaded um what, I wouldn't call it a disease. What would you call it? A, dis- a dreaded Injury. problem. Yeah. <laughs> Injury, yeah. I think we have covered everything. I think that for me, the key take is don't be scared of it. Don't be afraid of it. If it happens, go. the sooner you can see someone about it, the quicker the odds it will settle. However, don't be fearful of it because it may settle on its own. But if it's not settling, um, go and seek professional help from someone whether that's a face-to-face consultation whether you have a online consultation with someone it doesn't matter go and seek the right advice um for it and if the nhs can help you the nhs can help you but if you can't you need to pay for it might it, it would be helpful for you to go and do that so you can get the right treatment and go find someone who can lay the options out for you and help build that plan and then also building a plan of how you're then going to reduce the risk of it coming coming back because it's not as bad as it it has it's not as bad as it sounds you can recover from it you don't need to be fearful of it and it, it it's just it's, it's another type of another injury but in the running community is it has this really big ne- negative connotation mm-hmm. around it but i think it's only negative because in general it's so poorly managed mm, yeah so it doesn't go away like <laughs> yeah Oh, well, that's fantastic. And people can um, book to see you, can't they, online? Um, yeah, you're based down south, but you can do a Zoom chat with anybody. So just yeah. um, how do people get in contact with NK Active? Um, so you can follow us on all of the social media channels. We're just NK Active Clinics on most of the social media channels. Hop on the website or you can just drop me an email personally, which is just nick at nkactive.co.uk. Um, if you've got any questions just, you're going to be yeah. flooded with emails now <laughs> you won't be able to get through them all yeah. um, and I'll obviously put um, a link I think I already have put a link in the show notes or the film description below um, to your website as well and um, and also to the shop which looks really really handy um, um, but thank you so much for chatting to us today um, Nick um, no I do have to just read out the show sponsor today has been Currens, um, which if you remember from the start of the show was the 100% natural blackcurrant supplement for ultra runners that won that best recovery product award in 2020 and 2021 um, uh, so if you buy it and you don't feel the recovery benefits you get your money back so there's a link to buy it on my website which I'll pop up just there um, and um, I've been taking them to help with my DOMS which is delayed onset muscle soreness after you do something <laughs> Something that stretches you too much which probably Nick couldn't approve of <laughs> and um, and yeah they really helped after my Rutland Water Half Marathon last year so I'm going to see what they can let me achieve on the Manx Mountain Marathon 50k next month next month so I will let you all know how it goes I'm going to take two before that race I think you're supposed to up the dosage aren't you yeah. so I'm going to save two I might even take one during the race because it's quite a long race as well so I'll see if I can get less doms this year than I did 10 years ago and that is a very scientific experiment in my view <laughs> then uh, one more thing is on your do- i don't mind doms doms is a sign you're pushing yourself and it's working it's just yeah. a learning experience so i don't get angry at people if they get doms it shows me they're trying to do something to help themselves so yeah yeah so it's fine to get doms it just hurts yeah. the worst doms i've ever had is i did um i went to record um to report on the pikes peak race out in colorado and it's um a race where they run up pikes peak and down again it's yeah. like four thousand meter mountain and we got a, a lift up and we saw all the runners come through and it was really exciting and then we decided to run down so we, we ran down and it's, <laughs> it's a half marathon all the way down so it's 13 miles all the way down back into Colorado Springs I think it is the, the uh, town there yeah. and I had the worst doms in my entire life just from that constant downwards because I've never run 13 miles downhill in my life there's yeah. nowhere in the UK that you can even do that um, I don't think <laughs> so maybe Ben Nevis or something like that but um Oh, I had the most, the worst arms. It was just actually funny. I had to go backwards down the stairs. It was just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> so I had my worst one was it was just doing some strength training before going on a hockey tour. Uh oh. <laughs> and, and I just, I just overdone it slightly and sat on the plane for eight hours. 
then got up and I had to literally go down the steps on the planes on my hands and knees because oh. I my quads were just like sat down for eight hours I got up and I'm like no and then sod's law would have it that myself and my wife are hotel rooms at the top and it's oh. sort of like it's like I can get up but going down I'm going down on my hands and knees yeah but then the next day they'd settled and they'd gone and I was fine yeah so. Yeah, so we should have taken double currents at that point to, <laughs> to ease the doms. We'll see what it does next time. And we've got some really nice comments on the live chat as well. Um, uh, today she says hi. Um, running, trail running Phil said that the um, plantar fasciitis fighter looked like a good bit of kit um, and that core strength starts in your feet. Um, David Pollard wishes he was an average 75 kilograms for the um, <laughs> stress. And Lisa Mason says, thank you. This has been very useful. So Good. yeah, <laughs> thank you so much, Nick. It's been great to chat to you. No um, worries. Always brilliant advice. And I love how you cut through the interwebs gobbledygook. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And um, everybody can learn from this and, um, and beat or cure plantar fasciitis. Yeah. Thank you for having me. No problems. Right, bye everyone. See, See you later. next time. <laughs>Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.